Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Sarah. This is Micah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Tri-Cities, Washington, and we're so glad that you're here with us online. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Uh, here about, what, six weeks ago, mm -hmm. we started gathering in person as well. Uh, we actually bought this new facility here in West Pasco, and we are so excited to be back together worshiping. So when uh, you're available, when you're able to and feel comfortable, know that we are operating uh, safely within the guidelines, um, but we would love to get to see you and worship together on a Sunday morning in the near future. The Vine Church is a community where belonging comes first, and so we just want you to know that wherever you're at on your faith journey, you would be welcome, and we would be so happy to have you. So since we moved into the facility here, we've been in a series on the mission of God. Uh, as we move into this new neighborhood, this new place, we're asking uh, questions of what is God calling us to in this new place, in this time, uh, here in this place. And so we've been looking at the mission of God, and uh, we understand the Bible to describe a God who is on mission. Uh, from creation to his covenant with the Israelite people, in sending Jesus, who called apostles to work with him, in the church, all of these aspects of the mission of God that has played out over the course of time. And I recognize a couple things in, in this biblical narrative. Uh, one, uh, God is a God of mission. He is in pursuit of reconciliation and healing in this world. And secondly, God continually chooses humanity to invite humanity into his processes, that they would participate in his mission. And so here we are. We are the church. We are those people invited to participate in the mission of God. And so today we're going to focus on the identity of the church. What is the church? Who is the church? And we're going to look back at the story of God and his mission, like we've been looking at in this series. We're going to look back and ask this question. And I think looking back at the story helps us understand better who we are as the church. Absolutely. So, um, who is the church? What is the church? How would we define this? According to Webster's, the first definition they give you is a building for public, especially Christian worship. So they specifically say building. A building for worship. Yeah. Church. Now, in English, that is how we would use the term. We go to church. Right. However, uh, that is not the biblical use mm -hmm. of the term church. In fact, to first century Christians, this idea of the church being a building would be entirely foreign. After all, they met in homes at this point. Mm -hmm. Instead, the word for church used in the New Testament in Greek is ekklesia, um, which means the gathering. So in simplest terms, as we talk about the church today, we're not talking about a building, even though we love that we have a new building and get to be here in person. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about the people of God. The people of God as a collective. I love it. So um, I'm originally from Texas, spent a, a lot of time in Texas. And when we got married 17 years ago, I, I moved up here for the first time. And I remember getting teased a little bit. Um, I'm sure you never teased no, me. No, no one would tease oh, you. Oh, yeah. I remember getting teased a little bit about my Southern accent. And one of the the phrases or the words that was so hard to stop using was y'all. <laughs> and that was just normal. I always said y'all. And I'm going to tell y'all that today I'm missing y'all. <laughs> I'm missing, I'm missing the y'all, and here's why. As we talk about 
the church, the people of God. Often we think in very individualistic terms. We think of us as individuals. And today we want to invite us to think of us as a collective, as a community, the people of God. So think y'all. Thank y'all. Yeah, the English language is broken in this respect, and it truly does taint the way we understand mm-hmm. Scripture. We hear you and never recognize that in the Greek that we're this is translated from, it's speaking of you plural. We, yeah. I hear me instead of we, us. Yeah, and uh, so mm-hmm. uh, English. Once you find a solution, please <laughs> let us know. Maybe we just go back to y'all. You all, you all. I do say that some, <laughs> uh, but we need to fix this. We need to understand the collective. And today, as we talk about the church, remember we are talking about the people of God, the multiple, the gathering, the community, the community mm-hmm. that is the people of God. So I want to look back briefly in the series that we've been in. Uh, we looked at, we traced different major um, leaps and elements mm-hmm. in the biblical narrative, um, uh, realizing that the church can be better understood in the context of the story of God's mission and understanding how God has worked historically through humanity to accomplish his mission. And we, the church, have inherited this mission and this position. So we look back to realize where we are today and to inform where we'll go in the future. So in the story of Genesis, we read about God creating humanity with a purpose in this world. They were to be his image bearers, Genesis 1, 27. They were to be stewards, that is to take care of God's good creation in Genesis 1, 28. And they were to live in peaceful relationship, both with God and with each other. And we as the church, we as the people of God are invited to live into that identity, what God created humanity to be, those that bear his image, those that uh, reflect him in this world, those that take care of humanity, live in right relationship with God and with others. As we look back in the story of God's mission, we also see that Israel was God's covenant people. They were the people of God in a covenant relationship with God. So they were to be wholeheartedly committed to God, to live in relationship with God. And their relationship with God was to guide how they interacted with each other the relationships with each other. Now, it wasn't always the case as it is in our life, but that that was the intent. Israel was also to be a, a light to the nations, that God's blessing and love would flow through them to the whole world. That was always God's intent, that it wasn't just about that one nation, Israel, but it was about God using Israel as a conduit for his for his blessing and his love for the entire world. Absolutely. Now, uh, if you grew up in the church and are familiar with the story of Israel and, you know, Jewish people in the first century and they crucified Jesus and all these things that come to mind, um, I think I think sometimes we speak in pretty wrong terms about the story of Israel. Often it sounds like, well, they failed, so God gave up on that, plan B, and here's the church. That is not the biblical narrative at all. That is not the story that we read. In fact, we read that in Jesus being born into the Israelite nation, God fulfills both sides of covenant, invites Israel to, in fact, be that conduit to all of the world, or to bring blessing into all of the world. And so we, as the church, get to uh, 
carry on this story of God's mission that that was being carried out through Israel that continues to be carried out today through the people of God. We uh, are those that have been blessed to be a blessing in this world. Now, 1 Peter 9, 9 says this, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And that sounds like Israel, right? It does. But this is Peter writing to the church. You are a royal priesthood, mm -hmm. a holy nation, a special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I love that image of darkness and light, that contrast that is there. We love to go camping. That's one of the things I'm super excited about the summers to go camping. And if you've ever been camping, you've probably had this experience. Sometimes when you go walking out at night, it's just pitch black. You can't see anything. And so everyone's relying on the flashlight and different different lights to get around. At other times when you walk out, everything is lit. The, the moon is up and you can see, you can walk without a flashlight. And I love this image because just like the moon reflects the light of the sun, the church is to reflect God. To, to reflect God's light, God's love, God's compassion, God's mercy and grace and his mission of reconciliation. The church is to be that light, just like Israel was to be that light. So in Genesis, we see we were created with a purpose. In the story of Israel, we see that that purpose revolves around being a light that shines to the nations, uh, around sharing good news. And as Jesus comes on the scene, he invites 12 men to follow him, 12 apostles that would be the closest. Mm -hmm. And many other are following and involved in the expanding circles of, of nearness. But we have 12 apostles. Jesus calls them and he says to them, you are, will be my witnesses. In Acts 1, 8, uh, he's, he's speaking to them after his resurrection. And he's saying, here is what to come. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. This is uh, who we are created to be as the church, witnesses of a risen Savior. And I love that verse because how is it that we're going to be witnesses? What says you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. You will receive the Holy Spirit. And it is only through the miraculous divine power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us um, that the church was able to start and to thrive at this time. So the, as the, we're asking the question, what is the church? As the people of God, the church is a, is a community that is empowered by God, that is led by the Holy Spirit. And the church thus needs to be a community that is opening and listening to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. There's this illustration that I once heard. I grew up um, with a lot of experience paddling. That's not 
That's not being paddled. That's not. <laughs> I think you probably grew up with some of okay. that experience too. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like oars. Okay. Paddling. So whitewater rafting, you and I on vacation have mm -hmm. rented paddle boards, love that sort of stuff. There's a lot that can be done with a uh, watercraft with oars, right? Uh, you can get up and moving fairly quickly. They're very maneuverable and all of these sorts of things. But there are other kinds of crafts that are powered for much longer distances, mm -hmm. much more sustainable operations. For instance, a sailboat, uh, a boat in which the wind is caught and propels it forward. Very natural, very clean, very sustainable. Uh, and I heard this illustration one time, the difference in a, a church or in our individual lives, whatever, that operates off the power of an oar or the power of the wind. You know, in scripture, the word for spirit is wind. The Holy Spirit. Um, Ruah, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, this idea that we as a church, rather than getting oars and by our own strength, powering ourselves where we want to go, are instead sail makers. Those that make sails, ways to catch the wind of the Spirit and to be propelled into where God is desiring to lead us as a church. And there's many ways that we make sails in the church through prayer, our communal discernment, and all these things, but we'll talk more about those in future weeks. So, so zooming out here, we're looking back at the story of the mission of God and how God works with humanity to better understand what is the identity of the church. Who's the church and what is the church supposed to be? And the common thread that I see in, in all these parts of the story that we just brought back up is that the church is to be a people living in God and through whom God is reflected. So a people that are living in God through the spirit and then also a people through whom God is being reflected. You know, when Jesus came and he began to teach there in Israel, he taught a very countercultural message. When he spoke of the kingdom of God, it was very much unlike Israel or any other kingdoms of the world. Jesus spoke of this kind of up down upside down sort of kingdom. Well, in the same way, the church's identity is quite countercultural. Um, to today's. To, to the culture that yeah. we, we live in today, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Whereas in our culture, um, our, uh, our success um, might be defined by our wealth or what we've accomplished mm -hmm. in business, maybe the career that we work. These are the marks of success. In the church, God has a very different uh, way of operating, a very different way of defining and identifying us. We are his beloved. We're those that he loves. And it has nothing to do with our wealth or our business success. God says, I love you. You are my people. You know, our culture sometimes tells us, you just need to be independent. You need to be self-sufficient. You need to be self-reliant. Uh, my dad used to say, you know, that he was told to pull himself up by his bootstraps, sort of, sort of mentality. And God says something different to us. He says, abide in me. Um, be intricately connected to me and then see what happens because God can do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine through the Holy Spirit working in us. 
you know, quite often we feel like we have to look out for our own interests, take care of ourselves because mm-hmm. no one else is going to do it for us. But in the church, God describes something very different. Jesus describes love for even our enemies, love for other people. He says, do to others as you'd have them do to you. He describes a very different mode of operation in which we are less focused on self and much more focused on other people. So we're, we're asking the question today, so what is the church? And the church's true identity comes from God. And God says that the church, to the church, you are my people. Mm-hmm. You are my people created with a purpose to be my image bearers, to live in peace with God and with others and with his creation. You are my people living in deep covenant relationship with me. This is what God says. You are my people to live in deep covenant relationship with me, to be this light that reflects God to the world around us. God says you are all, all of you, by the way, again, not individually, but all as a collective, the church, you are all my people bearing witness to Jesus, declaring in word and in deed that Jesus is Lord and we are invited to life in him. You are my people, God says, living by the Holy Spirit, my spirit in you, empowering you, transforming you, and healing you. So the church's identity given to the church by God is we are the people of God. Mm -hmm. So I want you to hear this first personally. Uh, You are the church. And then communally, you all are the church. We mm-hmm. are the church. And in that is a beautiful invitation into the life of God and the mission of God. And so today we acknowledge that we are a chosen people and we are loved deeply by God. We are blessed with a purpose that we would be a blessing to others. Today, we've talked about our identity, who we are as the church. In weeks to come, we're going to talk about our vocation and go into a little bit more detail about what it looks like to live out this mission of God, to live as the people of God, the church. I invite you to pray with me. Dear God, we thank you so much for this invitation to walk with you, to live in community um, as, as the people, as your people. Lord, we thank you for this. We ask that you would open our eyes to see, to understand better what it looks like to be the church, to be this community together. And Lord, I just want to say thank you for your global church, the ways in which we see communities of your people coming together, um, doing life together and worshiping you all over the world in different cultures and languages to see just the, the beauty there, the extent of your church here on earth. God, we pray that you would teach us to understand better what it means to be your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that you have a blessed week, and we hope to see you real soon. Bye. Bye, everyone.